being my friend. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode two of the D1 and Done pod, currently presented by no one. We Ooh. hope that will change at some point. We're obviously open to sponsorship. Please drop the bag for all of us here at the D1 and Done pod. I'm Robbie Donahoe. To my left is Dusty Mills, and to my right is Nick Mills. We have a new, I guess, staging area, new studio mm. control today. We are at the wonderful abode of Dusty and one of the first ladies of the pod, Haley. This is their uh, little loft area, so uh, a really, really nice setup. We want to shout out Haley. She did a great job at putting kind of this setup, the tables and everything together. So thank you for putting all this on. Uh, please make sure you give us a follow on our social media platforms, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us at D1 and Done Pod. You can also email us. It is the letter D and the number one and Done Pod at gmail.com. Make sure you leave us a like on Facebook. Give us five stars on Spotify or wherever you may get your podcasts. Fellas, an interesting week, to say the least, of college basketball. A lot's happened since we've last podcasted, That Robbie. it has. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. A lot good for you, though, Robbie. The Purdue looks really good. Can't complain. It's been a good week. Dusty, the sins, uh, the sins of your lives have not been atoned. You had a rough week. <laughs> it's been a tough week. Um, actually... My only win for the weekend, I feel like, because I went to Brownsburg this weekend to see Robbie. You um, did? I may or may not teach and work there. I can neither confirm or deny that. You don't. And watch the Noblesville Millers uh, come back from 16 down to beat Brownsburg. Besides that, my weekend for sports was not as enjoyable as I wanted. I did get to see one of my best friends get married last night, so I was catching up on all the college basketball action today. Um Thank you. This is I the college basketball Yeah, and I just found out about an hour ago that Kentucky actually had a lead against Gonzaga yesterday in the second half. I watched the first half on my phone, did not see any of the second half. Completely just unbeknownst score. to you, even though you're a Kentucky fan. So. Yes. yes. Well, I, you know, I had obligations. Uh, Nick, though, um, as he's about to cause a riot, is going to give us a good update on what the hell happened to Kentucky. Nick had his boots on the ground for that one. We'll catch up with Nick here in a little bit on his trip to Kentucky. Uh, the per diem, by the way. Mm. I need a back. Since Kentucky lost, you have to pay the per diem. Yeah, get back. the expense report by Tuesday, please. Correct. Uh, it's in the mail. I'll send it to you when I get the chance. Uh, the other thing, though, in basketball. It's, by the way, the, the address is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That's Washington, D.C. I'm quite familiar. Okay, good. My uncle Joe lives that's there. Where, that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. and that's our political talk. Anyway. Before we go on, we got to address the elephant in the room, I feel like. Uh, yeah? What's that? We all picked bets last week. Our, our favorite bets. <laughs> Wait, I wasn't going to talk about that. I, I want to address it. Okay, please, rip please, off please go right ahead. I prepared an apology. Wow. If you don't mind. Okay. So this it, is the apology. Two, I want to set the standard. I, I appreciate Hey, accountability is important these days, so I appreciate and that. And for our radio audience, he is whipping out his cell phone. He does have an actual <laughs> right now apology. Okay. Here we go. The floor is yours, Nick. I would like to apologize for New Mexico. If I've hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say. From the bottom of my heart, I am very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith. As there's a Jeep. <laughs> Butchered it. You, you can't even do it correctly. I'm sorry. I was laughing. I was not saying Oh, it. my gosh. Sorry. There's a deep fly ball left field. That's a home run for nothing Reds. Are you going to put on this headset again? I mean, that opponent's headset again. <laughs> My greatest claim to fame is watching it live. I'll never that is a guys. great claim to fame. It's the best fame. thing ever. That's fantastic. So, so uh, I just want to apologize. Sorry again. They lost New Mexico. Correct. They did. The Lobos, which by the way, I, and I was talking to some friends about this before the show, 
that was the one pick that I thought was a lock. Like I felt really good <laughs> well, about that's the three that we locks. had. So yeah. that's why we call them locks. Um, but don't worry. Uh, Nick ran a couple Millers before we did mm-hmm. this pod as well to atone for his sins, and we continue to move on. So we'll talk about those locks later on in the show. Uh, but if you are listening in for the first time, welcome. This is the D1 and Done pod. If you don't know where the name came from, it is because Dusty, our good pal to my left here, actually walked on to two Division One men's college basketball programs, played in one, didn't play in the other because Ball State just had no idea what they had at their fingertips and couldn't use it to their advantage. So they, he is the D1 part, and then Nick and I are by far the done part. Well, Dusty was also the first ever Kentucky one and done, as he makes Except a joke. The standard. He was there for will. one, he's played one season there. That the, should be the original one no and done. way. As he sips his tea over there. <laughs> I'm genuinely like a s- shocked that you just said that, and that it just occurred to me. Yes, wow. Yeah, I think our other brother pointed out like a couple years ago, like, oh yeah, he is the original one and done. It's well, it's I mean, impressive, you, for him. It, just not making as much now as the rest of them, right? But we glossed over the fact that when, on the day you signed your transfer papers was the day John Calipari came in day to coach day, day, day after. But yes. still, regardless, like you basically are the reason why John Calipari I is at Kentucky. Been hands and knees in that, and just in his office, just say, "Hey, John, just like <laughs> don't even put me on the I roster this year. I will you. just give me a year to prove myself in practice." <laughs> And if that would have happened, they would have won the national title my senior year. Oh my gosh! Is that maybe, essentially maybe they did win it in 2012? And that if they, they me, the Kentucky would have been, coronation yeah. is complete. Did you essentially do that at Ball State? And they still give you the the middle finger? Yes, but that shows the difference between yeah. Kentucky and Ball State. Chip, chip. There is a sizable difference between those uh, fine institutions, I believe. But anyway, so that's where the name came from. We had over 100 people download our first episode. So if you were one of those 100 people, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts from listening to this pod. Sincerely. We, thank sincerely you. and legitimately. We put a lot of effort and time into this, and we hope you enjoyed episode one, and we'll enjoy episode two just as much. All right, let's get to our said and done storylines from the, the week. The sequels are always better, Robbie. Absolutely. They're always better. But, I mean, we have a, a, a work cut out for us to, to for the trilogy. In episode mm-hmm. three, so we kind of set the stage for episode three, which will then finish out mm-hmm. the great run that we had. We're, we don't plan on stopping at episode three, by the we're, way. We're like Fast and Furious. We're just keep going. We're just gonna keep going. And Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan loves us. I don't know if you saw that. Christopher Nolan loves the Fast and Furious <laughs> no, movies. No, no kidding. Yes, I he does. That. He did an interview with Stephen Colbert about it, and like, I love the Fast and Furious movies. It's amazing. All right, said and done storylines. I want to start with Nick. Go ahead. <sighs> Let's let's get on our our big couch here. Let's let's put your head back, lay on the pillow, look up at the at the ceiling and the sky. You know, I don't know why I do this anymore to myself. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So I want to start with this. Okay, it's our second episode, so I don't like. It's weird that we're not to talk about the Calipar- Calipari. 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 By the way, shout out to my good friend T.J. Wary, who is a Memphis grad, who confirmed Ooh. it is Calipari. Okay, thank you. Yes, so thank you, T.J., for that pronunciation. But the reason I preface this by saying that is like, okay, I don't want like, because second episode, I'm basically going to say I kind of want Cal fired. And I've been... Which we kind of jumped into this last last, last week. Yeah. So he's been a coach since 2010. I, I'm big on this. This is my theory. Like, once you say you want to fire a coach, there's no going back. Okay? That's why I've always been hesitant. Yeah, sure. I hate when people say like, fire him. Oh, then I love him. So like, once you make that declaration, to me, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. Okay? And... I appreciate that, by the way. I think that's crucial. You can't... It's a major thing. Like, like 80s, you can't rehire someone when you fire them, By right? By the way, do, do, should I press the hot take button for you to want to fire it, Calipari? Is that I'm hot? Not, okay, Is that's, that hotish? <laughs> that's a little hotish. That's, that's a hot take right there. See, so, lifetime what, contract, no more. See, that's okay. I'm not sure if I want to fire him, but I am, I'm about on my breaking point. Okay. Because okay? 
it's not you're not getting unlucky. It's not you're, you know, someone scoring fifty on you. It's at some point the it, lack you of, are it, what you are what your record and numbers say you are. Who didn't watch yesterday? Could they play Gonzaga? Gonzaga ran a pick and roll every single possession in the second half. Which is what Tennessee did. It's what you could do to them. You pick and roll them to death. You get a point guard in the paint. And what my thing is, is what drives me, there's no in-game adjustments. There's nothing at all. It's the same, what's the definition of insanity? Do the same thing. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. We don't try zone. We don't switch how we guard the pick and roll. It's The substitution patterns makes no sense. It's... Again, in this whole thing, we're now was it 2024? It's like his 14th year there. We've won one tournament game since 2019. I remember you saying that last week. I could we, not believe it's that. insane. And by the way, there's no excuses like lack of talent. They have lottery picks or potential lottery picks on his team. What, okay, what I don't want to fight. It's just it's. It's, it's the same crap over and over, same thing, different year. No adjustments. They've lost three straight at home to Rupp for the first time ever. Th- oh, no, no, no. Yeah, first time at Rupp. I, I, I have the year that. that I'm going to give in a little bit. Last time they lost three straight home games. So I we'll also, get to that. Okay, so also, Kentucky has, I mean, I would arguably say the best college to NBA program in basketball. Easily. They have seven it's, it's, NBA All-Stars I was about to mention that. This year. Seven NBA All-Stars in the game coming up here in Indianapolis, which is insane. And that includes a ton of other Kentucky guys that are really good that won't make the All-Star right? team. So yeah. they're like, a guy like, I don't know, like Tower Heroes, a good example. Tower Heroes right a great now. player, so like, yes. But and again, I get like, I'm not saying I have to win a national championship every year, but like, it just seems like it's the same thing over and over again. Like Mark Few put him in body bag yesterday. Bill Self put him in body bag. Like he just gets outcoached every game and the negatives feel like they're outweighing the positives. Again, I'm not... Same fire him, but I am about as close as I've ever been with with Cal Perry. I, uh, what I just cannot get my head around is, is the is what what you said mentioned. There are no in game adjustments. They Zero. they go into they go into the game thinking what they can do, and they just stick with that. They don't change at all with what they're doing. Which that that's the antith- like that's the opposite of what you should be as right. a coach. You have to evolve with how the game is being played. And it's and just like offense, they don't do no, that. There's no plays. There's no movement. It's roll the ball out and let's figure it out. It, which, which again, their offense is not the issue this year, but which, still. By the way, it shocked me that Kentucky, are they the third best three-point shooting team in the country or the second best? Or maybe the best. I believe. I mean, they're definitely up there. They're in the top three, which I could not believe because I don't think they're that great of a three-point shooting team outside of, I mean, Shepard is good, Dillingham is good, and Austin Reeves is good. Yeah, by himself, they probably just raised the average so high. It's it's Antonio Reeves, not Austin Reeves. I can't believe I just just said Austin Reeves, Antonio Reeves. Um, His first name's Antonio, right? Antonio, yeah. Okay, I called him Austin. Sorry, I'm just thinking about Austin and, Reeves and, and Lakers, but anyway. And again, just like I said, like if you don't watch Gonzaga ran the same play, same stuff, the whole second half. And again, so it was, uh, we got an and one, make it 57 51, 12 and a half minutes to play. Okay, 12 and a half minutes to go, Robbie. Is our sound doing okay over there? Yeah, we're good. Okay. You want to guess how many stops they got the rest of the game? This is an amazing stat. I was going to say like two, four, and four. two of them were turnovers. And then oh Gonzaga gosh. had 34 and I misses yesterday. Turnovers, yeah. from what I read. Yep. I, 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 34 missed shots yesterday for Gonzaga, 18 offensive rebounds. Gonzaga just played harder. They, they, like it's, I, that, honestly, is I that think not what just, I was saying last week? Yeah, is there I, issues? They I do not play just, hard. I, I think it comes down I, to effort because like the rebounding, like they, Gonzaga is not a big team by any means, no. and they're not a great offensive rebounding team, but they punked. Kentucky's bigs on that's the board. Uh, so we have three seven-footers. That's 21 feet for you math majors out there. They got 15 <laughs> points and seven rebounds. I have 21 feet of people yesterday. And like Robbie said, it's like uh, 
you know, it's like Karl Malone's playing for Gonzaga over there. No. Like, it's... Or Dennis Rodman or, or Charles Dennis Barkley Rodman. or any it's, of the best rebounders that we've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, I guess I would push back a little bit on the effort thing. I think they just look lost. Like I like I don't even like. Well, if you don't know where, what you're doing. And like, that's where it goes to leadership and coaching. Right. And so are they are they, are they mentally? <laughs> by the way, you're you're hearing wonderful puppies <laughs> over our sound system. That is Disney and Milo. And it's Milo's, it's Milo's birthday. Milo's birthday. And Disney's so, birthday was on Friday. So all the birthdays are coming and in. Disney's Rizzo's birthdays the, in April. Disney's the one from the Instagram photo for people saw Correct. That, the yes. Yes, the side eye photo. Point being, though, we're letting them party hard today for the Super Bowl. So if you hear them bark, we apologize. Yes. So going back, to, is are they mentally weak? Uh, is is that what mentally, it is? Like mentally, I think guys like you know and, shoving each other and like whining. Is they just look? It's like they want to succeed. It's, it's, they that, just don't. I, I again, I think it's just on coaching and just they seem disinterested at times. They just like they, it's it's like okay, this is all right. We're we're here for the game. This is nice. This is fun. Okay, when we get down, eh. But when they came back in the second half, I was like, okay, maybe they're finally starting to put it together. And then it was they reverted to the mean, and it was they I mean, were just a, an average team again. Again, again so I, I blame the coach. Again, it's not Gonzaga was hitting fadeaway jumpers on them. They were sh- hitting shots in the paint the whole second half. That's they were, they were getting a lot of open looks, too, on the outside. So, so but, and By the way, that's Gonzaga's. Only quad one. Oh, win. I know. I'm well aware. Yeah, I'm sure they're you not a good team. By the way, I, I would not say no. I would not call them good. I think they're they're an above average team. Yeah. Um. When Purdue played them in Maui, they actually played pretty well against us. They did. Um. But ever since then, they haven't been very good. So well, they're well coached, which is yeah. Which Mark is, Few is a very good basketball coach. I want to I want to go back to that three game losing streak at Rupp. That is insane. Yeah. That they had never lost three straight games at home ever. No, they have at home. First time in Rupp. For, that, so, that's what. So, how long has Rupp Arena been standing? A, actually, a great question. Well, from the stat I know, it would be before or after the year I'm going to give you. So, I said the last okay. three at home was December of 1966. Okay, I was going to. I was going to guess the 60s. So, regardless, my, da- my, dad, my dad was six years old, and he's looking at retirement right now. So, there, that gives you a little. It, idea of it, so in it, 60 it, years it, it they opened, haven't lost three straight games at Rupp. It opened November of '76. Okay, 76. Okay, so 50 years. It's been 50 years since they've lost three straight home games. And mind games. you, we had a team go 9-16 and 16 four years ago, and they lose three in a row at home. Yeah. And there's like 10% crowds during the COVID during that. I just, yeah, I, I when that was said, I was like, there's no possible way. Like, and then, that's, in, that's incredible. The one last no, again, by the way, I want to make this point. I'm not giving up on them. My point is, I have no confidence game to game. No idea what to expect game to game. I will end it with this, and I know it feels like we're, we're becoming a Kentucky pod, but I think they're the big they're, the, they're the big, big points. Yeah. I mean, they're the big news story because we. I said it last week, and I still believe this. They have the highest ceiling of anyone in the country still, but the highest ceiling team that also has the lowest floor, and they are showing us how low that floor can be right it, now. When you cannot guard anyone, Robbie. And just last note, this is what Tubby Smith got fired for before he went out, by the way. His last Correct. five years, he went 32-4, and 27-5, 28 and 6, 22 and 13, 22 and 12. Fired. Slowly but surely. I'm just saying it's on his way out. I'm saying Tubby got fired for the same reason. So Dusty, I'm gonna again, give you the last last call on this then. Yeah. It's frustrating. Um seeing that final last night was not did not put me in a good mood, I'll just say that. Um Cal Party gets the players. I am finally starting to really doubt the coaching. Um I would tell that him tell that to him to his face like i do not understand the lack of end game adjustment i don't get like you're talking about mark few if you're the opposing coach you're looking at this is what tennessee did like i said they're sending ball screens how is no one on the bench saying okay let's figure something out how are we not whether it's switching whether it's just 
uh, going to a, hey, let's start in a two three zone, switch to man as soon as that first ball screen gets set. Like I don't comprehend how it cannot be an in game adjustment constantly happening. Yeah, it's it's, and I'm honestly I'm glad I didn't see the second half yesterday. Um, I'm it's gonna rewatch the game yeah. before Tuesday, but they have who Ole Miss this week and at Auburn on Saturday. I think yeah. game day is going there. Oh, well, at Auburn, that's oh, the last no. last note I want to make. They have seven losses already. The bubble's not far away. All of a sudden, they start no, to go it, at Mississippi State, at Tennessee, at Auburn, home against Bama. You have a quad three loss at home. They have one or they have two quad one wins only. Oh my gosh! It's again, the bubble is a lot closer than it was farther away, yeah. like three weeks ago. Yeah. And again, just my wow. last point is. If I was 80 today, I would not fire Cal Perry, but it's the closest I've been ever. And if nothing changes the rest of the year, I might be. You're thinking about it. Yeah. And the last thing I'm going to say is, and you can speak a little bit more to this, I feel like coaches in college basketball, you're either a really good recruiter or you're a really good in-game coach, kind of like with college football. You hire coaches to either be the guys that can go get the guys or the guys that can coach the guys Mm in-game. I feel like right now Kentucky has a bunch of really good recruiting coaches and nobody that's a really good in-game guy. And that's kind of what Kenny Payne was for this team. That's what's so I funny. I said Kenny Payne we last week. We said last week. I made a joke about it, and we you know, we were like, well, he hasn't been fired from a Louisville yet. He's going to, obviously. Or, Louisville sorry, has been if, playing pretty well. Like, they have. Crazy they have enough. Actually, so, but they need to bring – if you look at the numbers of Kentucky when he was in – Part of that arsenal, like he needs to be there. Um, like Orlando Antigua is just taking up space on that bench. He is strictly recruiting. He doesn't. Yeah, like he gives so, them so nothing. He, in one game. last thing about Kentucky, because when you guys were talking about bringing in the talent but not coaching in game, reminds me of I think it was Lane Kiffin, and I hope I don't get this wrong. I think it was Lane Kiffin that said at Alabama when he was coaching there for it was just like one year, right? Yeah, he but was there. Walk he was on, one year, yeah. But they would walk on the field and they would just look at the other team and they're like, "We have so much more talent than this other team." They just knew it immediately. But what Saban, that's why he's the greatest college football coach of all time, Saban saw if, you know, we're going to make our game plan. If it works, they have no chance. But the second that he saw, okay, make up an SEC coach. Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops <laughs> finds something that they can beat us at. Saban immediately is like, okay, we need to change this at halftime because we sure. know how to beat them now. And that's why he would win all the time. He, he's one of the and best in-game And that's what John Cowper is not doing. Don't yeah. forget, he changed his whole philosophy. Like He got with the time. Completely. Saban. He, yeah. he was yes. vehemently against mobile running quarterbacks. And immediately when he brought Blake Sims in, it all automatically yeah, he's he like, no, became I gotta, number I one team. This. Yeah, yeah, he's got to. And it's changed Adaptability, everything. Adaptability, yeah. that's what Calipari has not done. So, again... Opportunities to turn around. We'll but see where it we're goes. Running out of time. Yeah. Well, yeah, we will mention. We will talk about the games coming up later on. But that Kentucky Auburn game looms massive, yeah. and with how well Auburn's been I mean, playing at home. I mean, again, they can't defend home court anymore. And they got Ole Miss on Tuesday, and, and Ole like, Miss hasn't been great on the road. That that the movable it, object versus the stoppable <laughs> force. What will prevail? You better find a way to win that game. All right, let's switch gears to Purdue and IU from last night. That that was my topic for the week. This is Dusty's said and done headline. I'm going to turn it over to him. Um, I, I'm not surprised by the results. I'm not surprised by how Purdue played. I actually thought IU played fairly well for the first 10, 15 minutes of the game and then kind of just let it get away from them. They're not a very good offensive team, IU is. But overall, I want to hear what you have to say about last night's game and maybe, I guess, just the overarching 30,000-feet view of the Purdue-IU rivalry. So, again, just a reminder, when I was at a wedding last night, so I did not see the game. I did a read about today and saw the box score. And I thought this is a great time to bring the game up because Robbie could. I can speak just, a little more to it, yeah. Well, excitedly just talk about the game because I actually want to <laughs> focus more on the IU part for IU listeners again because Nick said earlier as a AD, you cannot fire someone and bring someone back. 
I'm going to get into a bit in a little bit about okay. why they should bring Tom Crean back. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. With that said, Robbie, I'll let you take over talking <laughs> about the Purdue IU game. And I have some good stats about Tom Crean that is why they should bring him back. But talk about the game last night. Just how you feel about the Boilers now. I feel okay. Um, I thought they played pretty well. If you didn't see it, Zach Eady banked in a three-pointer, which is incredible. Um, I, I think I've watched that about 15 times already. And it's it's been incredible ever, ever since then. I, I want to get more into Purdue a little bit later on because they're my basically other lesser, like what we call them, sidelines, not the headlines, but yeah, the sidelines. Side yeah. I have a, a topic that I want to talk about with Purdue in terms of sidelines. By the way, you said Tom Crean's going to be wants to be the should be the head coach at IU. <laughs> yeah, don't say he wants to be. Yeah, that was my hot take. That is a hot yes. take right there for sure. Do you, um, remember, do you remember him at Georgia? <laughs> well, that's part of my reasoning. I can't wait to hear. Don't, Honestly, don't kill the bit. Um, yeah, overall, I thought Purdue played pretty well. Um, I, I thought second half they played really well, especially defensively. Um, it was hilarious. It's the coping mechanism that IU fans have put into after this game <laughs> with trying to, you know, reason with themselves that this result is okay is exactly the reason why their program is where they are right now. The fact that, oh, X is injured, or, oh, how dare the Purdue fan base say IU sucks. They're so dirty. I, have you been to Assembly Hall and hear them say F-U-E-D? Apparently not. I went to the IU-Purdue game and kept chanting DUI at yeah, Mason Gillis. exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, I mean, get off your high horse with that kind of stuff if you're an IU fan. I saw that on Facebook, and that's from the 65-year-old crowd that likes to put that kind of stuff out there. But overall, I, I, I'm pleased that we were able to win. First time since 1934, I believe, since Purdue has beaten IU in back-to-back -back games by 20 or more. Which, if you want to draw a fun parallel, uh, Purdue does have a national championship. It wasn't the NCAA tournament national championship, but they won a national title in 1932. So, you, were you going to bring that up too, by the way? No, but. My grandpa, who has to, <laughs> I used to be very close to, died about three years ago. And he was born in 1932. Was he really? So that okay. shows how long that's been. Yeah, so 1932. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it literally coughed up my teeth. The you, Second listeners. World War was still seven years away. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was. It surely was. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll dive more into Purdue here. Wait, in a wait bit. so you, you won the title during the Great Depression? That's kind of fitting for, for Purdue. <laughs> it, fits, it fits that perfectly. Absolutely. Um, okay, I, I want to turn the tables then to you because you, you have something on, that I want to hear about Tom Crean then. All right, so or, yeah. or at least the fact, like Mike Woodson being the coach there. Which so I kind of went to a yeah, I kind of went to a spiral when I was talking about well, I was writing down notes for Purdue, Indiana. So just so you know, Tom Crean after his three-year rebuild, and if you want to say, I mean, that's when he was starting people like Daniel Moore, who honestly, I can't believe he actually started. Honestly, could not handle my jockstrap. That guy I used to tear apart when we would play Carmel. Mm -hmm. I hope he's listening to this. Yeah, please come on and we can talk about. <laughs> oh, it. I would love. He said, complain to refs all the time. Um, That's the caramel in him. It doesn't so me. so Crean <laughs> after he got the rebuild going, he actually was five hundred against Purdue. Doesn't sound like a lot, but since Crean left, IU is three and ten against Purdue. Yeah, Archie never beat them. Yeah, so three and ten. So here, here's here's what I'm getting at with Crean. Crean, are you sorry, sure? Rob, three and ten. I'm just telling you. Wait, 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 since Crean left, which one do you think? What do you think? So wrong? Archie went zero and eight, and then so Archie. So yes, they swept you last year. And then the Rob Finnessy shows there's three wins. It's like, I think it's like three and 13 now or something like that. I mean, anyway, right, sorry, it's, it's not good since Crean It, hasn't, it has horrible. not been good. Yes. So anyways, Tom Crean, who is an odd person. That's Bloomington, Bloomington yes, and Southern Indiana is an odd place. He had success there. He had the best team in the country in, what, 2013? 
They got yeah, upset by Syracuse. Team was really good. Yeah, that was well, the year I was in grad well, school. That's not there. fair. They got surprised Syracuse played zone. Yeah, you yeah. Could not Syracuse was, yeah. I, I wish Bayham would come coach Kentucky at this point. Um, <laughs> oh no, you don't want that. But they threw out this zone that IU somehow was expecting. Anyway, so you have Crane, who's an odd guy in an odd city in Southern Indiana. Bring him back. He, he's an analyst. I don't like him as an analyst. He's odd on there too. <laughs> he's but weird there too. He's the perfect person who he probably does not care what anyone says. Um, I, I, I'm trying to not share stories that I've heard about him, and not in a negative way, just being an oddball. W- w- what are you looking for right now? Clearly the Woodson thing isn't ha- working out, where you thought, hey, let's bring back the IU guy. Okay, well, he's back, and everyone's complaining about him. Get Tom Crean back. So I, I never thought I'd say this, even a week ago, I never thought I'd say, I finally came to it this morning, my come-to-Jesus moment of this Sunday, bring Tom Crean back to IU. I'd be all for that. Where do I sign I, up for Tom Crane returning? Yes. McConaughey has a quote that sometimes to go forward, you have to go backwards. So <laughs> maybe that's what all it is. All right, all right, all right. I mean, it's better than my – I said Dan Dockage as to who I want. Bring him back. I don't so, think I've okay. ever been as happy as I am right now than hearing that IU has to bring back Tom Crane. <laughs> that's how far that they have fallen and how poor they are. <laughs> they have fallen. Like I mean, it's, it's, well, you mentioned it last week. This roster that IU has constructed is abysmal. It's like five power forwards and no point guards. Again, yeah, and that's no because no they need a point guard. And, and Mike Woodson one. was complaining last night that the reason why that they are struggling so much is because they don't have Xavier Johnson. Mm. <laughs> he makes that team worse. I mean, they he's probably better. He's not. Well, playing for they you should guys. used to not having him because he gets kicked out of every other game. That at this too. Point. You like he said, we miss his leadership. He, who was he leading? He was leading you into the abyss. I don't know what you're talking about. It just it, it, like yeah. and he and he went on a little bit of a, a tangent of well, Purdue's had guys around there that have helped build their program. Yeah, because that's how you do that. Mm. I that and that's a whole other topic that I was going to bring up later was that I used trying to build a program with mercenaries and they don't have that pedigree to do that anymore. They ha- if they want to be good. They need to build through recruiting the state of Indiana. And we already talked if, about it, last week, that last week. They, they can't be a mercenary IU, team. If I'm IU, I'm looking at Tom Crean right now saying we're going to double what Disney's paying you to be at ESPN. Come back. Go find Yogi or Holes, where the hell they're doing life right now. Bring them back and go find me the best point guard in the state. Like someone who has leadership, accountability type, just a presence. Go find the person. It doesn't have to be a five-star guy, but someone who's yeah. going to come there be for four years and build a culture. Can That's I what just they need to do. Say about Tom Crean. He was at Georgia for four years. Went forty-seven I, and seventy-five. Yes, I said he ignore was, the Georgia years. He was fifteen and fifty-seven in the SEC in four years. Well, he just wasn't ready for it. Means more. But the SEC. did he recruit Anthony Edwards? He, yeah, he did. Okay, so I mean, he's going to get good, you players. He can't get you players. Now, can you win? I don't know. But yeah, I I, I could go on and on about get about IU May. being disappointed, but. Dusty May, if if he's not the first call that you make, I, you're yeah. you're doing something wrong. Um, and Jeff Goodman's already kind of making that push. Uh, I was listening to Field of Sixty on the way here. He's saying that you know IU make the call, go get Dusty May, yeah. and that would be a great hire. I think that makes a lot of sense. But they can't fire Mike Woodson. You just you can't do that with a guy that's that is. You know, has no, the history it's got, of IU. It's got to be a mutual. It does have like, to be a mutual hey, parting. Hey, yeah. We agree this did not work out. Let's make or it look good. Or he could probably just retire. Right? He's old enough. They could be like, you know, he's yeah, he's coached long enough. He's ready to step away. But the pride is probably going to get away in the way of that happening. Right. Um. So yeah. Um. But good win, Robbie. Good. Thank you. Took care it, of business. It's, it's we took care of business. Got it done. I didn't think it was pretty per se. Um. But beating your rival by twenty points. Especially after how last year just we got carved up by Jalen Hutchfino in that second game. Which, by the way, if Jalen Hutchfino was playing in this game, 
mean, they were doing the same stuff as last year. Just Trey Callaway wasn't as good coming off those yeah. side ball screens. So if, if he would have played last night, he probably would have had 50, and we actually probably would have lost. Um, but instead, he's still on the Lakers bench. With now he's still on the Lakers bench doing a whole lot of nothing, <laughs> which I still think he's going to have a chance to be a good NBA player, but just hasn't had that opportunity. All right. Uh, to my said and done storyline, um, and I'm going to kind of take a hard turn away from, I guess, on the court news. <laughs> Uh, to the Dartmouth men's basketball team. Ah. Now, for those of you who don't know, Dartmouth is not having a great season in the Ivy League. They're five and fourteen overall, and one and five in the league. Not great, right? Well, Mm-mm. they may be changing the landscape, not just of college basketball, but of college sports as a whole. Uh, if you haven't heard, the National Labor Relations Board ruled Monday that Dartmouth basketball players are employees of the school, which that means that clears the way for an election that would create the first labor union for NCAA athletes. Basically, meaning unionizing, that would allow players to negotiate not only their salary, but working conditions that includes practice hours and travel. So because Dar- this was the what the official wrote in the, um, in the ruling, quote, because Dartmouth has the right to control the work performed by the Dartmouth basketball team and the players perform that work in exchange for compensation, I find that the petition for basketball players are employees within the meanings of the National Labor Relations Act, wrote the regional director. Thoughts? I'm a... I'm a, I'm a big dumb dumbs so like all this nil stuff. Like, what do you make of this? Like, I don't like again. Like, they can negotiate, but I guess my question is like, what does this really change? I guess is kind of my my like. I really don't know. I, it it opens up the opportunity for more structure. I think because right, well, now you have a federal ruling putting this in place. I was going to say the slippery slope. The slippery slope slippery that you're slope. going into with this is coaches with egos that are going to get more control. And they're going to yeah. sell players on, you're going to love playing for me. Like, we all know how recruiting works. But once you get here, these players are going to realize that now the coach, I love the idea because it is going to right. stabilize mm-hmm. NIL. Like, there's a, I think there's a happy medium in between that we can hopefully find. But now, when a coach tells you, you better be at study hall from six to eight, you better be taking 100 shots a day or 1,000 shots a day, whatever it's going to be. And if you don't, then I can, don't, I can I break can the contract literally. and kick you off the team. Yes. So that's what oh, I'm saying. because he's like a contract I, I, employee. Yeah. I feel like we're finding two huge extremes. There has to be a happy medium. And maybe this is what pushes for that, though. Because other, because yeah. if you are a coach and you're aware of this, and I'm going to throw out a Ram team. Just look at my notes. Morgan State I have. Because for David Charles, we're going to do a MEAC upset, update Ooh, soon. I love that. Um, if you're at Morgan State and for some reason you feel like I cannot control my players that well, okay. How, how do you even make these contracts? Is it one year, which is what scholarship supposed to be? Is mm-hmm. it a four-year thing? Like, There's just a lot more to it than just a statement of, okay, you are an employee now. So I don't know. I, that, yeah. We need to hear more and see if more schools do something like this. Of course, it starts the Ivy League, which <laughs> makes course. it even tougher. I mean, but. it doesn't surprise anyone that it's starting out in the Ivy League. Yeah. Um, so this would basically mean, so the, um, for the longest time, NCAA and the universities, they've insisted in saying that athletes are students, not employees. Remember, student in front of the word athlete. Uh, so even they, even the NCAA universities, they lobbied Congress for a federal law that would, that would codify classification as the NCAA faces a federal lawsuit in Pennsylvania. So potentially, 
Universities and colleges won't be able to take advantage of student athletes as they will have rights afforded to them by being employees. That includes contracts, addition of salary cap, which that's a whole other topic that uh, Rick Pitino brought up earlier this week. He thought about having the idea of a salary cap, which does make sense. But ultimately, and I've been saying this, I think for the past 10, 15 years, this would essentially dissolve the NCAA from ever being involved in college basketball and college football in general. Because at this point, College basketball is overseen by March Madness. And for those who don't know, the NCAA has no involvement in March Madness at all. It is its own separate entity. Same thing with the college football playoff. I was just saying, I mean, Division C- one football. Yeah, really. CFP it was the same thing with is, is a, well. yeah, same exact thing. The NCAA has no bearing in that. So I think we're slowly moving into the potential for us having more structure in college sports, which it, it's a good thing, but also could open colleges and universities up to more liability of making sure that their athletes are taken care of, but also the fact that if, if we do have a salary cap, that could throw things into a whole other situation. But for the longest time, we've been saying, you know, these aren't student athletes either. These are professional athletes that happen to be playing in college. Especially, like, we're not talking about, like, Ball State tennis players, right? We're talking right. about, like, the Bama football. And, and that's, the, that's a whole other side of this thing is we focus on basketball and football so much with college sports. But, I mean, there's – what – the NCAA has that commercial, you know, 99% of our athletes are going to go professional in something other than sports, which is 100% true. Mm-hmm. But also, I work know, in accounting. Yes, exactly. So college sports in general is, it, it's the landscape is changing quickly. NIL has thrown a wrench into everything. There's always been, you know, money under the table in college sports for for since the beginning of time, since the beginning of college sports. Now it's just above the ground, and now it could get more, I guess, structured. Because so, that's always been the problem, I think. Like the transfer portal NIL, the NCAA was never proactive. It's the Wild West with all of this. The, but the, that's and that's kind of the thing with with, and you can speak better to this working within athletics administration a little bit more. People who work at the top in athletics administration, a lot of them are very lazy, and they just stick with the times. They're they're checking boxes. That's what they, it is. They is don't want to get. Boxes, they yeah. don't, I think I told the story last week that I about. Um, actually, maybe it was a different interview where when I walked on at Kentucky, I had to fill out didn't do this, didn't do this, and I was in a gambling league. It was just simply like pick ten uh, NFL games a week. It's through my dad's work. Mm-hmm. And the question was, have you gambled in the last 365 days? I was like, well, I have. I'm just going to tell you I did. And they're yeah. like, well, check no, and let's move on, because they didn't want to deal with the paperwork that went with that. Because they just, for them, it's like, okay, we just want to send the paperwork. We're going to check this box. X player is good to go. Let's move on. And that's all they give a sure. dang about. Right. It's You think Isaiah Rogers could check that box right now? <laughs> You could. <laughs> and and by the way, uh, viewers or listeners, if you have any idea how little control the NCAA has over, Mar- like you said, March Madness and college football, if you go to the NCAA headquarters, which is here in Indianapolis, um, when you walk in, they always have like a pamphlet, obviously promoting the NCAA in their lobby. They list the college football national champion every year as the FCS champion. <laughs> so, I mean, it's usually what, North Dakota or whoever that always yeah. runs uh, through. North Dakota that State. That is known to yeah. as the national champion. Yeah. Makes sense. So, so guess, anyway. Overall, do you think this is good, bad? I think it's a good thing. I, I think it, no, it, no, moves, no, no, it moves I, I us, in, yes. it moves us yes. in a better direction. Now, obviously, pros and cons to everything that, that occurs with this kind of thing, but I, I, I think it is proactive and it's it's a move in the right direction because 
right now NIL is just it's the wild like we thought recruiting used to be the wild west it's, it's, wild west. Oh, it's yeah. way beyond that now um so but it, it is time that we have gotten to this point in college sports that we have this i just hope it stays in college and it doesn't trickle down to high school sports mm. that's where it could get really messy really quickly because with how much more emphasis has gone into prep schools especially with that, basketball I was bring up Lalamere. and like, La- right Mayor, yep. img things like that that's a whole nother aspect of this thing that not many people are wanting to like that's a pandora's box you want to keep closed you don't want to open that up anytime soon because that's once you point. do that then that's that's a whole other topic of conversation. But I just wanted to bring that up. I, I thought that was a good topic, a topic of conversation, talking about Dartmouth um, and kind of, again, leave the smart kids to figuring out those kinds know, of things. We love the Ivy League on this podcast. Love, we, are an, we are an Ivy League Mountain West pod here on out. <laughs> and, and let me be clear. I'm very pro player for everything. Right. Go make as much money as you can in life. That's awesome. I do think this – no, I love that they're doing this, but I, we're looking at two extremes and hopefully – counteracting the whole NIL transfer portal all that stuff all how hard recruiting is now hopefully this ends with a you know somewhere in the middle ha- somewhere in the middle I agree so we'll see yeah Justin I'm not even making fun of you but I love when people say like I'm pro player one time I want someone to be like actually I'm just anti-player I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all actually, for administration I'm all for administration we want the, we want the rich guys right. to we want the to keep on here. going yeah. yep. keep getting going we're gonna have Putin on our podcast <laughs> next week <laughs> I randomly saw him with. He had an interview with Tucker Carlson yes, a couple yeah. days ago, and I watched that. And I, now the apparently the European Union is like trying to get him stuck in Russia or something like that. Oh my god! You guys know when Rodman went to North Korea? <sighs> Just like the weirdest. Like we are in a weird day and age. Twenty twenty four is weird, man. A lot of weird stuff happening. That's why we talk about college basketball. All right, so we can focus yes, on other things. Exactly. That's why we talk about things that don't rile up people, like the fact that. Well, I'm going to bring this up. So we talked a lot about Purdue. We talked about, about their win against Indiana, but I want to go more into Purdue right now because I want to put out my hot take for Purdue today. And that's not talking about them winning a national championship. It's not talking about them going to a Final Four. Purdue and Zach Eady, they are the new enemy of college basketball. Real quick, before we dive into this, because I'm thinking Big Ten, can I just say one note that I had right here before we dive into Purdue? Okay. Wisconsin sucks. <laughs> I was so wrong on them. Great I was note. so okay, high on now, them. Yeah, let's talk Great about note on Wisconsin. I like this now. All right. So I want to preface this by, by the way, by saying that currently there, there's a thread on the Purdue message board that I subscribe to that is debating which 16 seed they do not want to play. <laughs> That's where we are with <laughs> Purdue basketball right now. Howard. <laughs> I do not want to see the bison. Definitely. All right. So before last year, Purdue had never been ranked number one in the country, ever. That includes the years with, you know, Joe Barry Carroll, Glenn Robinson, even John Wooden. The I, Robbie Hummel team. Chris Hartley. Teams, Chris, Chris Hartley was on the team. Uh, Dave Shieldhouse. Whatever it may be, Purdue has never been ranked number one in the country. Their last Final Four, 1980, national championship was not a tournament championship, but still a title, 1932. Great Depression. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they were runners-up in 1969. So... Over these last couple weeks, I've I've heard and seen things such as the Wisconsin crowd yelling, uh, basically saying that Zach Eady was overrated, and they were saying overrated in the first half, which I think is hilarious. The IU crowd has said many times, F you to Eady. Uh, the Northwestern game two weeks ago, Chris Collins was complaining about all the free throws Purdue had, and literally said, quote, our big guys have five fouls each. We plan to use them. If you just do a search on of Zach Eady on That's Twitter. Like a threat. Right, exactly. It basically is. If you do a search of Zach Eady on Twitter, 
you will find Wisconsin fans who are mad about how AD was officiated last week, Northwestern fans mad that he shoots too many free throws, the Illinois fan that posted a weird picture of Zach Eady somehow at a Chicago dispensary a hey. couple weeks ago. You'll now find IU fans that can't understand what a three-second call is and don't realize that Zach Eady can actually stay in the lane for a little bit longer than three seconds if he picks his foot up and moves out. There are also IU fans that think that they didn't foul Eady once last night. Overall, Zach Eady is the most polarizing player in college basketball. It's not even close right now. And Purdue is the new enemy of college basketball. Thoughts? I'm going to push back a little bit. I think of the Big Ten, one trillion percent. You okay. are the big bad wolf. You've Because you saw the last pod. Basically, every year since 2018, they've been... Top five, top ten team. Top, yeah. And probably one of the best teams in the Big Ten every single year. Right. Nationally, though, I just think the lack of like those tournament moments, I don't think you've built up enough like, hatred across the country. That's fair. Which, I, again, because you're saying like, enemy-like. Like, like the way like we all hated Duke and Coach K. Then, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, who... Who, who's hated the most right now in college basketball? Like, of college basketball right, so right now, who's hated the most? Right, because it is 100% Purdue is the hated the most right now because you can't really hate Kansas because they find ways to lose. UConn just won a national championship, but they play in the Big East and not I, as many I people are involved. Say UConn. You can say UConn. Okay. Um, but I think it's who else? What, what's, I mean, Wisconsin, I mean, when I mean, they were good. The Blue Bloods are always just going to be up there. Yeah, Kentucky. But nobody hates Kentucky. Nobody hates North Carolina right now. So it's almost as if everyone is trying to find something to hate because that has become our culture and our society. We need to find something to hate and attack. And that's become this team from Purdue because, hey, here's the 7'4 guy that he's just good because he's tall. So let's go after him. Which, by the way. And he shows like no emotion either. He's the most like stoic person in the world. I'm going to. And it makes no sense to me. It's So I want to bring up other players that are 7'3 or taller in college basketball. Mm. And I'm going to go through their stats and let you know, just because they're tall, Big they're Z. good. What's up? Gabe Dines from Youngstown State averages 4-3. and three. <laughs> Mathoc Majok from UMass averages 0. .8 and 1 rebound. Adai Mera, freshman at UCLA, averages 3, point, 3, 3 points, 2 rebounds. Uh, Rocco Muratori, who's from West Lafayette, is averaging 0. .4 points per game at Stony Brook. Those are all your 7'3 guys. Your 7'4 guys, Jordan Wilmore, averages 1.8, 2.6 uh, for Austin P. Naheem McLeod, 3.9, 4.3. Connor Vanover, 3.8, 2.5 for Missouri. Who wears number 75. Jamarion, correct. <laughs> Jamarion Sharp, averaging 3.8, 4.2. You will notice that of those 7374 guys I just mentioned, eight of them in all, none of them average more than five points or five rebounds. I was under the impression that players who are that tall, it's just they're good just because they're that tall. It, it's, that that narrative has to stop. It's like I was too young for it, but I, I think then people say about Shaq, like, oh, he's just too big. He's just too big. Which is like another just idiotic Wait, kind I, of thinking. Go back to watch Shaq in like the late 90s, early, even when he was at LSU. He was the most unstoppable player in basketball for <clears throat> years. Except for when he played against Hakeem. Go look up those stats. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but anyway... Okay, so, Matt, so I'm, I'm going to... Uh, last, last thing I'm going to say. Matt Painter had this had this talking point a couple days ago in one of his press conferences. Basketball is watched by millions but understood by few. Mm. And Bob Knight had that quote. He mentioned that in one of his press conferences. I and it say, could not agree more with what's going on. I would say that's very true. There's nothing more irritating than when you look at like Twitter feeds and you see the, all these people now. They're like, you don't know ball. Usually if you say that, you truly do not know. You don't. Ball. And we're, um, we're not. I'm not claiming to say that I know. Ba- I, I think I know a good amount of basketball. Uh, but at the same, t- yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like anyone who comes at me or I see things on Twitter, and they're usually Illinois fans or they're usually Wisconsin fans, 
and they have some dumb argument about Zach Eady, and it's just infuriating that they're that stupid. So you're answering this for me. Um, first of all, I will claim I do know ball very well. Yes, yeah. I would agree with what that. What I'm going to tell you is I think the hatred for Purdue, it, Purdue, Purdue is very regional biased. Okay, I would say I, I yes. Think. Most people in the country they probably don't even know that Purdue is in Indiana. Not even kidding, because a lot of people don't even know Notre Dame's in Indiana. So on a national Notre Dame way, is not in Indiana. It's in Notre Dame. Yeah, you're point, right. It's Notre, they actually, it's, yeah, for those that know, it used to be South Bend. It's actually now called Notre Dame, Indiana. They are they are basically their own country. Well, yeah, I governing know, I seriously did not know that. Yeah, they're in Notre Dame, yeah. Indiana. They're not in Indiana. Kind of love that. I don't <laughs> count them as Indiana. Um, yeah, it's Vatican City. <laughs> it is Vatican City. That's a good point. Um, which is funny. So I think Purdue is definitely hated within the Big Ten market. Um, on national landscape, I really don't think they are. I think they're more probably lovable on national landscape. But what you okay. see is you watch all the Nur- – uh, Notre Dame, sorry, Purdue games, and you see everyone cussing out Edie, who's nothing but lovable. Right. Um, Matt Painter, you can make jokes about him, and you know there's some things in his past, whatever. Zach Edie's literally but one of the nicest people on earth. That's, that's – yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That was an inside joke from the Nozel Brownsburg game on Friday. We'll talk. I'll tell you about that later. Yes, um, <laughs> I have no idea. He's been talking I, about. I do not think that Ner- Purdue. Geez, Purdue is hated on a national landscape. That's what I think the tournament right. thing. Like no one. I, no, yeah, I think. And no, that's what I come back to is love them. how like even even for Big Ten fans, I understand that you know you want to hate the team that that wins. I get that. How can you hate the team that's losing to Fairleigh Dickinson, St. Peter's, North Texas, because VCU? Purdue P looks like a creep. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but like, that's like, there's. Sp- I just I do not understand the vitriol that people have. But that's Purdue. what I'm saying. I don't I just think don't I don't think on it. national landscape they're hated. And, okay, in the national landscape, I agree they're not as hated. But and I see it from in the through, Big Ten. They through, are. I see that's it through a Big I Ten lens, thing. and I think at nationally there isn't anyone who's hated. And we right live now. in Indiana, and IU Correct. is the team over Purdue. Let's be I, real. And so Correct. you hear from all of your, all the IU people that they are jealous of Purdue's success. They, may, maybe IU, it is jealousy. IU, IU expects to be what Purdue is right now. Maybe, maybe it is jealousy, and and I definitely see it through. Big Ten glasses, and I see it regionally biased, but also I see it nationally because there's not a team that people hate nationally. Now, some people just dislike Dan Hurley because he's a he's a crazy lunatic on the sidelines at some points, but you don't really hate it. Um, so I guess regionally, Purdue has become that hated team. But I just I can I just cannot understand for the life of me, even in the Big Ten, why you would hate this. What team. I will tell you, and then Nick has a point mm-hmm. as a diehard. Long my entire life, Houston Astros fan, embrace it, my man. It's so much. Oh, fun. I, I'm loving it. Like, it's so I'm much fun this. being the villain. You said it last week, where you know you, you can't understand fans that just don't enjoy watching their team play, or at least like going into it and having fun watching them. I don't enjoy watching the Reds, for the record. Okay, oh, <laughs> not many do. Let's be honest. I have never had more fun watching Purdue sports. Probably the la- over the last five six years, than, like than than this stretch lately. Yeah. Whether it's been football, basketball, and, and soak it in, and, and I am, I, I definitely. I mean, and this is not me bragging, but man, it's been fun, and I, I hope it ends in a really fun way coming up in early April in Glendale, Arizona. I don't know if it will or not, but it just I I wanted to bring that up, and I'm glad you guys kind of brought me back into like brought me I guess brought me back into making sure that I'm not. Crazy, where but you you no, bring up f- you bring up one hundred percent correct points. It is definitely regionally based. And, and why I just want to say you you have to question who the villain of college basketball right now. I think that's also a not concern of college basketball. Whole business. We're like you know we have Jay Wright's retired, Coach K's retired, Roy Williams gone. Like 
Right now, and, and, like, and then players, no one and done's bigger than ever. Transfer portal. Tom Izzo is like, like one of those. Tom Izzo is one of the mainstays that is still around in college basketball. Really that is. I think he's lost his. I mean, Purdue fans don't really like Tom Izzo because he's taken a couple of our recruits over the past 10, 15 years. But I, yeah, there's just we, you know, sports in general feed off of that, you know hatred and anger and vitriol kind of like what we have with the Super Bowl coming up tonight people mm-hmm. are going after the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes stop cannot stop winning and again I, I don't understand like I don't like I don't hate the Chiefs I don't hate the 49ers I don't either now I hate the Patriots because they're the Patriots mm-hmm. and Bill Belichick's a dirty dirty cheater and so is Tom Brady but we know we're not going to get into that you know we're, we're talking about the fact that Purdue is the villain now and I, I love the way you guys are putting it, and I now that you've kind of but talked me into it, I'm definitely if Purdue it. does make a Final Four or does win a Natty, then yeah, then we could start reaching out right. that plate this year. But did, we need did, like did did people hate Virginia in the ACC when they made when they made their run to the national championship? I hate Virginia because they're just boring as hell to watch. Okay, they they were boring. Yeah, and they that's, were. like Purdue is not boring. Like she, Purdue is genuinely no, enjoyable to and watch. Shout Kyle Guy for listening, but goddamn, yeah. sorry, for yes, you guys are so boring. <laughs> Kyle Bank fan of you as a person, mm-hmm. your teams were boring as hell. If Kyle Guy could just have missed like two or three shots in that Elite Eight game, <sighs> that would have been fantastic. That, that would have been lovely. It took like he went the entire tournament like shooting twenty five percent from three, and then all of a sudden that second half of that game, he's like, you know what? I'm going to start making my shots, and I'm going to make my life. I'm going to make, you know, that guy that's from Noblesville, Indiana, that loves Purdue too much, that took a walk out in a driving rainstorm after that game with his dog because he couldn't find anywhere else to go. I'm going to make him miserable. And congratulations, Kyle. You did it. Yeah, speaking of Kyle, I'll go ahead and give a um, little prop to him. Uh, what's the uh, Bucket List podcast mm. they just released yes, in the last I couple saw weeks? That. So if you want to listen to that. No um, free ads. Yeah, no free ads. <laughs> hey, Kyle, uh, I'll send you my Venmo after this, but... Um, really good podcast. They have Luke Garza coming on soon. Awesome, Luca. Now Luca Garza, that was a guy I disliked when yeah. he was in Iowa. That boy, that boy. If we're talking score. about hatred. That dude is. I I still think he has a place in the NBA. Someone needs to give him a chance. He just defensively um, is just a yeah. Nightmare. He's just he's a little slow and he's he's got lead feet, but man, he can he can score the rock. So very cool, awesome, good shout out there. Let's move on to our final four and one. We're gonna jump into our other topics going forward, but um, those were some really good storylines and um, we brought some good information there. So our final four plus one, Nick. I want to start with you. Have uh, you have you moved off your final four? Plus my one? final four after a lot of consideration. I got Houston, Illinois, Marquette. Colorado State, my plus you one's didn't FAU. Change. Nope. You didn't change at all. Mm-mm. Well, in a week, I'm not going to change my tune. I, I'm willing to change, but nothing changed. Nothing changed. I, I just, Illinois is, I, <laughs> I, not, when I went back and listened to the pod, you mentioned that there's a team that I hate or I just don't like that somehow is going to make it. I think Illinois fits that perfectly. That's right. Like, I will say that. And like, Miami's a good example. Like, not that I hated Miami. I love Jim Larinaga, but like, Watching was like this team's not good. How does this team doing this? And then like in the next thing, they're in the final. And four. I could definitely see Illinois doing That's that. They, they feel like they, they like they had no business losing that game yesterday to Michigan State, Mm-mm. and they did. And I don't know how they did. Secondly, I don't. I I legitimately do not think Marquette has no, a no. remote chance of making the final four. It's just I love Tower Kolek so much. So I'm just. Gonna, but you're right. I Shaka Smart. Is, I think we mentioned last week. He's made it past a Sioux 16 one time, and that was the original VCU 2011 run. VCU team. Yeah. And he's not been back since. So yeah, it's. Did you ever go back and watch those VCU highlights of for that run to the Final Four? I actually watched a Kansas one about a couple months that ago. That team Kelsport. was amazing. They were so good. And they, Joey Rodriguez. Uh, there was a guy named Burgess as well. Who mm-hmm. else was on that team? 
they had another really good guard, but like those guys were awesome. They were a lot like they were so good. Just guards everywhere that could score. It was like a modern offense. And they sped you up. Like, yeah, that was man, that was fun. So all right. Nick has not changed his final and four. He's sticking way, to it. Shout VCU. They beat Dayton on Friday night. They, that was a big win. Forty nine to forty six. Yeah. Or forty seven. Either way, it was under fifty. So amazing. Um FAU needed that win mm-hmm. over Wichita State today. They got it. Yeah, so for people to know, we had to lay the podcast today to watch the Owls Just a few minutes overtime. In overtime and, uh, yeah. Wichita State, for people who don't know, is abysmal these days. So FAU got the much-needed win. Yeah. And God, every game's a sweat for them. But hey, win's a win. We move on, Robbie. And I think that's that's kind of a product of, of you know the the height that they've reached. is They're going to get everyone's best shot because mm-hmm. everyone wants to take them down. So I think it makes them better in the long run. But I... I I will segue that into talking about my Final Four then, which has not changed a little bit. I did move Kentucky out. Smart. Which is, I think, a smart move. So I'm sticking with UConn and North Carolina, even though North Carolina lost to Clemson. I'm moving South Carolina up from my plus one, and I have them in my Final Four now, and I'm sticking with my FAU Butler theory. Um, In my plus one this week, I got to go back to Indiana State, like the, the Sycamores, baby. I love Robbie Avila and Ryan Conwell, Pike guy who now plays at Indiana State. He is a dead eye shooter. He's so good. I, I am really pulling hard for Indiana State. I hope they make a run. I hope they find a way to get into this thing and and, and do something big because uh, I I know how much that would make uh, the people in Terre Haute just excited for basketball again. Because that's a if you've never been to Terre Haute. It has not changed much. Don't, since, don't, don't. Yeah. don't. <laughs> it has not changed much since the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's it's definitely kind of, it is what it is. But I know there's a lot of people there who love Indiana State, and it would be awesome to see them find a way to make it a big run of the tournament. And the good thing about Indiana State is they, they should have an at-large resume or close to it. I this think they're point. getting pretty close. I mean, they are so definitely they were flirting. Upset, they hopefully should still get in. They're flirting with a top six, seven seed right now, which is really impressive. Yeah. And again, Josh Schertz is doing an awesome job as the head coach there, so got to give him his props. But So my Final Four, not changing too much, but I did move Kentucky out of my Final Four until they can find a way to figure things out. Uh, they don't deserve to be in there. So they Dusty, go to this podcast. I you, think correct. That's a yes. good decision. Dusty, are you changing your Final Four? How much is it changing? I uh, reluctantly put in UConn this week. I took out North Carolina. They are not playing well right now and should have lost to Miami yesterday. Yeah, they should have lost that Miami game. Yeah. Um, I believe that's the only change I made. Oh, oh, oh no, no, no. I, I took out New Mexico after Nick uh, lost money oh, for all boy. our listeners and I added in Nevada who is what we Wolfpack, see. Wolfpack, baby. Yeah, has six, was it? Six quad, quad one wins. wins. Yeah, which is like six or seven the best in the country. That's so, amazing. Wolfpack, welcome and, back. And that's big too because they're like the 16th Mountain West so they, if they have six quad one wins they should that's have six teams in that tournament. That's amazing. Uh, speaking about teams that are losing um, losing at home to unranked teams or losing on the road against unranked. So mm-hmm. I pulled up the stat. I sent it to all of us, but I want to make a note of it. And this is incredible. Unranked teams at home against teams ranked in the AP top 10 this year in college basketball. Those unranked teams against AP top 10 teams are 31 and 28 at home. Jeez. If you want to go, so th- this goes all the way back to 2010. The best record over the last, so and this has counted for 15 years. In 2015, 32 and 52 was a 38 percent winning percentage. That's been the best since then. There's since in the last 15, 14, 15 years, there's not been a better record for unranked teams at home against AP top 10 teams since then. And now it's above 50 percent. It's over so 500. Unranked teams at home against top 10 teams have a 50 percent chance or better than winning. 
and it feels like it too. It feels like every night you crazy. Count, it doesn't even count like Clemson win at North Carolina the other night. And, and Purdue counts for two of those because Purdue lost yeah. at home to Nebraska, or Purdue lost at Nebraska, and then Purdue lost to Northwestern. So like that's on right. it's unreal. Like, again, that's crazy. There's this a lot year. of questions about that. Like, is it like just more parody than ever because of like uh, you know transfer portal, the extra NIL year or uh, COVID year? Yeah, I think that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's kind. Of, I think it's an anomaly. Like, I don't think this is a trend going forward. Like some people are suggesting, but it is very interesting to me. Do you think it's a trend, Dusty? <laughs> I don't really know anymore of college sports. Um, <laughs> it's hard to say. It's fun. It is fun. And that's what's important. It's I mean, really you want to get people to tune into it. Um, unfortunately, I've seen people on. ESPN of all places recently really ripping the men's game and I'm sure there's something where they're trying to promote the women's game especially not that's not a knock on the women's game at all it's amazing right now yeah Caitlin Clark's actually within 20 points of breaking the record Woo! as we're as we're doing, doing this, this. Um, but they talk about how they don't know anyone it's like who cares just the games are fun it's so, so much fun well, to watch and, and so yes, I could see this trend continuing for a long time I'm kind of the but, same in I'm, I'm gonna go off of college basketball to the NBA like people who hate the NBA like it's I they mean, don't. I know, they, but they don't want the people who hate it. Don't watch it. Amen. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's what I think. I think it, it, it's the oh, they don't play defense. Do you know how hard it is to guard Kevin Durant? Oh my gosh, it's you, ridiculous. You look close out. Yeah, please Knock go guard. Out. Please one, go guard. One of my Kevin favorite, um, actually, first lady of the show, Haley. One of our favorite clips to watch is there's yours, Patrick Beverly, and um, why am I spacing? Uh, great six man for uh, the Rockets. No, no, they're playing for the Clippers Sean at the time. Lee. Um, oh, Lou Williams. Thank you. It was Lou Williams. Oh, Lou Williams. Good call. And Durant dropped like 40-something in a playoff game, and they literally got asked post-game. They're like, did you think about changing like your defensive whatever on Durant? And uh, Lou Williams leans in and he goes, I mean, we were trying to guard him. No, like, the, you tried guard. Yeah. The you, quote was, "I promise you, we tried." Yeah, I promise you, we tried. <laughs> I promise you, we He's tried. Kevin Durant, like, <laughs> that's just fantastic. the most wholesome quote in the world. Yeah. I, promise I promise you, we promise tried. You, we tried. <laughs> oh, that's basketball in general. Yeah, I, I just maybe this is just one of those times where I just I do not understand like just hatred and like people hating things in general. Just like be kind, be nice, yes. be positive. Seriously, be I don't nice understand. I don't understand the hatred for things anymore. That should be the theme of this podcast. Just be positive. Be positive. Be nice. All right, I take back. Wisconsin does not stuck. They're struggling right now. They are having a tough time. Sorry, that Wisconsin. Is definitely for sure. I, I put a heavy wager on them yesterday. Bet oh. responsibly, everyone. Bet responsibly, please. Mm-hmm. Boy, you had a you've been really struggling lately. Yeah. Yeah. I'll mention my 14 where yeah. I hit um, in a little bit. Um, Congrats. Thank you. I know you're very happy for me. All right. To our favorite part of the show, we're going to shout out the mid-majors. We're, I'm calling this, by the way, now Far From Mid, <laughs> which I think fits very well. Uh, I'm going to shout out my team first. Go ahead. Because I think they deserve a shout out. And this is not a team that is having a great season, but I think they deserve their props. And that is Mighty Chicago State. Mm. And this is a team that you probably don't know very much about. And... Not many people do. They are only 11 and 17. So not having a great year. But this is Chicago. Chicago we are talking about. Chicago, Illinois. The Cougars of Chicago State. Currently not in a conference. They are playing this year as an independent. Yeah, they're the only one, right? They're the only independent team in college basketball right now. They have 10 players on their team from Florida. 10 players from Florida willingly left Florida to go to Chicago and play basketball in Chicago. Those players deserve all the credit in the world. They have one player from Chicago, one player from Gary, Indiana. Their head coach is Gerald Gillian, who has no experience playing college basketball. 
which I think is hilarious. He's a Florida native and graduated from Florida State. He started coaching high school basketball, worked his way up as an assistant. Chicago State has won four of their last six. They won at Northwestern earlier this season. They have wins over Southern Illinois, Valpo. They've beat Stetson twice. Now, how, why have they played Stetson <laughs> twice? I don't know. Don't ask me. Well, and uh, Stetson's in Florida. Stetson yeah. is in Florida. Yeah, That's so a good point. Took everyone and home. They also beat Fairleigh Dickinson, which any team that beats Fairleigh Dickinson, you guys are good with me. So mm-hmm. a shout-out to Chicago State. It may not be having a great season, but I think they deserve some some props for sticking with some tough times going through an independent year. They're joining the Northeast Conference next year. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, they were... They've been like one of the worst Division One basketball teams forever. For a long and like, time. I think it was like two or three years ago. They couldn't. They could not find a head coach. And they have it, it double, was just a vacant position for months. They have double digit wins. Yeah, which is great for them. So, shout to Chicago State. Nick, you're far from mid team this week. So I kind of want to keep the theme of why I did last week. I did the whole Mountain West just against our first show. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of doing something similar. I'm, it's just one team today, and that's the Vermont Catamounts. The Cats. For people who either don't remember or don't know, it has been one of the best. What? Okay, so I didn't know you were going to say Vermont. Vermont, Purdue to the Big Ten, is Vermont to the uh, American East. American East, yeah. Well, it's funny. They, yeah, they, they don't there, like Vermont over there. Vermont. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say They've that, been good for 20 years, right. for those they don't know. They have made the tournament. Okay, we had a, a tournament get canceled. So of the tournaments possible, they've made four of the last six, and they've won their regular season American East every year since 2017. So they're just That's it is, impressive. It is just a wagon and once again their first place are 19 and 6, 9 1 the conference. Uh I think Becker's the coach. He's been there forever. I don't know who the coach is. I think it's Becker's yeah, okay. name. But regardless, again, not much really the report other than just they're good again, 9 1 first place. They're probably going to win, go in the tournament again. And they, they always find a way to be really frisky in the tournament. Um, the, I remember the one year they beat Syracuse in the first round when TJ Sorrentine hit that really deep shot. Sorrentine! He hit that one from the parking lot! Is one of my favorite and lines. Beat, and by the way... I believe they beat Kansas one year in the first round as well, oh, like mid-2000s. Like maybe Nick Collison, that timeline? Well, I could be wrong That was Bucknell. Bucknell beat Kansas. Thank you. And then yes, yes. Uh, Bradley, Bradley. Bradley beat Kansas a little bit later. Because they are on one shiny moment. Yeah, that was Bradley beat Kansas that year. Northern Iowa got Kansas a couple years later. And Purdue played Vermont in 2017, I think. And Vermont was a 13 and Purdue was a 4. And oh, yeah. Vermont, like they were in that game the whole way. And they had a really good team. Well, they're they're going to get to a point. Vermont's going to get to a point where they they take down another big boy coming up here soon because they they kind of hover within like a 15, 16 seed. That's not a team I would want to see at well, that line. Well, I was going to make that point. Like, I guess I know they beat Syracuse back in the day. I guess at least in my time frame, they've not had that like big time upset yet. They so don't they, have they, that signature win in the tournament, so I feel like and, and they're it's getting looming, they're getting like. close. Yeah, it it could happen coming soon because yeah, they they have a great basketball program. The there. most noble thing I know about Vermont. Get them to the eight ten, by the way. I think at some point they'll move off the American East and get get to a bigger conference. Yeah, it, it, it's coming. Is uh, when I think about Vermont. If you ever ran down all the states on a map, people always get Vermont and New Hampshire mixed up. Correct. Yes. When you go from west to east, opposite alphabetical order. Mm. So it was Vermont then New Hampshire. If you're going west to east, so keep that in mind. VNs. Always I remember. Well, I always remember it. It looks like the Vermont the way it's shaped. It looks kind of looks like a T. So I just remember Vermont. Ah. That's the way I remember it. What'd you go on your ACT again? I, well, I thought you were going with a different shape. So we'll just move on. This is a clean pot. Yeah, I know. That's why I stopped. Does it look like a V? 
it looks like it. Oh my gosh! Thank you, Dusty. Your far from mid team this week is. So my far from mid team isn't really a mid major. It's someone kind of in the cusp in the middle. But because I'm going to break down two conferences real quick, mm. so my team is South Florida. So South Florida. You just hate my Charlotte 49ers no, from last so week. Because that research why? on South Florida, I didn't realize yeah, how good way, the Bulls were. By the way, all this crap I got from New Mexico. Are you just not going to talk about Charlotte? I losing? didn't pick Charlotte. Well, Charlotte wasn't just, a lock. I, just I was just shouting just, them out. I was just making a point. Just saying. So South Kevin Florida. South Florida is seventeen five on the season, ten one in the conference. They started two and four, so they've won fifteen of the last sixteen, and their Whoa. only loss is at UAB. Who was my pick last week and who beat Florida Atlantic at home? He's mm-hmm. gonna, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. aware. Lost mm-hmm. at UAB uh, like by lose. four. Um, <laughs> they're hired. The leading scorer is a guy named Chris Youngblood. They have a stud point guard. I actually uh, YouTubed him today, watched some clips. Hey. Jaden Reed. Um, I think Jaden Reed, not the Jaden Reed that currently plays for uh, in the NFL for Michigan State. Clearly not, unless mm-hmm. he's double Packer. dipping right now. He could. But Jaden Reed, if you get a chance for anyone who loves watching point guard play, go watch him play for South Florida. Um, like him a lot and saw some uh, pretty sick clips of him today. Okay. So South Florida gets my shout for Go this Bulls. week. Go Especially Bulls. like, I've, they're really a basketball have just never gone hand in hand. So that's good to see them. Yeah. South really Florida's, good. aren't they leading the American now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have to yeah, because they beat Charlotte. Charlotte tied. Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, so 10 and 1 in the conference. Okay. Shout um, out to South, South Florida, man. Jeez. In terms of conferences, again, for those, um, the smaller conferences, most of them have three weeks left. So I'm going to keep updates on the conference we've talked about. So last week I brought up the Ivy League. Big game over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yale beat Cornell at home. So Yale is now 7-0, leading the conference. Cornell is 6-1. Princeton is 5-2. and Wait a um, second. Hold on. Yale came back and won that game? Yep. Cornell was up double digits in that game, uh, I thought. Feel oh. free to fact check. The comeback kids. Let me double check. That. Well, I, I no, I, I I know you're right. I, but well, I, now I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure that I I was right because I thought Cornell was winning you that game by a bunch. Yeah, so Yale did win that game, eighty to seventy eight. I thought for for a moment in that game. So yeah, Cornell was up by. This is four. why the podcast is named after me. <laughs> Correct. Cornell was up by double digits in the first half, and Yale came back and won that game. Wow. Big so, win for the Bulldogs and James Jones. So that's your Ivy League update. My uh, precious Brown team is now 2-5, and five, I Oof. believe, in conference, so they're falling off quickly. Uh-huh. Probably won't make the tournament. So this week, again, as I mentioned earlier. By the way, earlier, Columbia beat Brown. Oh, mm. Suck it. <laughs> so my uh, target conference for this week, again, thanks to David Charles. Um, he is an older man, so he may be asleep when he listens to this at night. But the MEAC, we're <laughs> going to put him to sleep. The MEAC is a blood fest right now. It's a conference that usually plays their games on Saturdays and Mondays. Unfortunately, they have no games tomorrow. Bummer. Uh, is it President's Day this Super week Bowl or next Monday. week? Or Super next Bowl week. Monday? Yeah, so the Presence, MEAC is probably getting rowdy tonight. Wow. But I'm just going to give you the standings, and then we'll just move on from there. Um, every team does play this Saturday. No, there's five games on Saturday. But here's just the standings. NC Central and Norfolk State are both five and two. Morgan State, Howard, and South Carolina State are all four and three. And then Delaware State is sitting there at three and four. So about they do play the second weekend, right? They're the same week as the bigger conference. So four weeks left and you have six teams within two games. That is gonna be a conference that I Bet we'll see and one of the lower seeds end up winning it. And I would say almost all of their games on ESPN Plus. If you're getting bored at night and want to get rowdy and watch some good college basketball, get in on the MEAC and enjoy a, just a fun conference race. Yeah, for people remember Norfolk State, who upset Missouri 10 years 
was it 10, 12 years ago? They're from the MEAC. It was like 2011, was 2012, yeah. It was the year Kentucky, yeah, so So that conference, that's not the only team that, that won as a 15. Hampton. Remember Coppin State and Hampton. Hampton, oh, yeah. like both those teams. Hampton, by the way, is, where did Hampton move to? Hampton's now in the, Hampton moved into the Coastal Athletic Association. Hey. So they used, but they were in the MEAC for a long An time. An amazing yes. thing about that Hampton-Iowa State game, I w- we were in sixth grade, Robbie and I were, and our uh, teacher had everyone draw a random team for the bracket. And I actually drew Hampton, and one of my good friends, Alex Robinson, who coaches girls college basketball, jeez, uh, girls high school, high school basketball. basketball, just won regionals yesterday. Congrats to Alex. Good luck next weekend. Yeah. And Alex drew Iowa State. Did he really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's one of those classic. That was from 97. Uh, that Jamal Tinsley, Marcus Pfizer, all on that Marcus team. Marcus um, From Iowa State. And, and little old Hampton came in there and beat him. Uh, that game was playing, played in Boise, Idaho. Again, <laughs> so much useless knowledge is up in my head. You don't. You have nowhere. You have no idea. Uh, but, yeah, MEAC is going to be pretty spicy, I think, when we continue to move through uh, the conference tournaments. Eight teams there in all. And, um I'll make my connection. South Carolina State beat Chicago State over the weekend. Oh. So that's a team that's in the MEAC that beat my far from mid team. So um, shout out to the South Carolina State Bulldogs. Shout out Shaq Leonard. I was about to say, one alma mater of one Shaq Leonard. Um, so yeah, that'll be a fun one. So a lot of, lot of teams in there that could get frisky in March. All right, so there's our far from mid. Good shout outs there from our team. What to watch for this week? My gosh, we have got some big time games this week, fellas. Um, let's just start on Monday. Which, again, day after the Super Bowl. So kind of going through um, your Super Bowl hangover that you kind of mm. get over from you know eating too much, um, maybe doing other things. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Kansas at Texas Tech. This is kind of – I mean, Kansas last week lost at K-State on a Monday night. Kansas has not been good on the road. Yeah, I'm guessing Texas Tech's one of those teams like no one's really talking about. They're kind of just like – They've been pretty quiet. Yeah, they've been but they're one of the better teams in the Big 12. Very good team defensively. And we also have a winless team on watch. Mississippi Valley State hosts five-win Alcorn State tomorrow on Monday night. So could be an opportunity for the Delta Devils to get their first win. We'll see how that goes. Tuesday's games are really good. Marquette at Butler, North Carolina at Syracuse, Ole Miss is at Kentucky. Wildcats have to have that one. Uh, my fun one, though, Colorado State at San Diego State yep, coming up Tuesday night down. is going to be great. I cannot wait for that one. And New Mexico at Nevada. Mm-hmm. Another quad one opportunity for the Wolfpack to add to their resume. Uh, so a lot of good games on Tuesday. I also but, want to add in St. John's at Providence. That's kind of like both teams need a win to make oh, the tournament. Yeah. So that's a big that's like, a good one too. tournament-esque game. Uh, Wednesday has two games on opposite ends of the spectrum. You have South Carolina at Auburn, which is a big game for the SEC race. But also, a game that we talked about last week on the show, IUPUI, is at Detroit Mercy. Could it be an opportunity for the Titans to finally break the winless streak, which we're going to talk a little bit about more about Detroit um, when we get to our viewer questions segment. Thursday's games, Temple at Florida Atlantic. Al's got to win that one. Minnesota's at Purdue. Don't know if you've been watching the Big Ten race. Minnesota is currently fifth in the Big Ten right now. No kidding. Makes no sense to me. But Ben Johnson has to be up for Coach of the Year in the Big Ten. He's doing a great job. The Lions OC? No, different Ben Johnson. <laughs> uh, SMU at Tulane. Hofstra is at Drexel. Big coastal game there. And then Memphis is at North Texas. I don't know if you guys knew this, but North Texas calls their arena the Super Pit. Because obviously the New Mexico Lobos, they play in the pit. Well, we're going to one-up you, New Mexico. We're going to call our place the Super Pit. That's Didn't awesome. know that. Uh, Friday, New Mexico is at San Diego State. That is a game you want to keep on your radar for a couple reasons. And then Saturday's slate is awesome. 
you can pick out a bunch of games. Some Pac-12 rivalries. Arizona's at Arizona State. Oregon at Oregon State. Yale's at Princeton. Indiana State plays at Southern Illinois. Harvard's at Columbia. Hopefully, Marquette's at UConn. Marquette's at UConn. Creighton plays at Butler. Youngstown State's at Cleveland State. That's a big one on the horizon. Kansas at, Kansas does not play at Fog Allen this week. They go to Oklahoma on Sat on next Saturday. Um, Lafayette is American. McNeese at Nichols. Don't look now, but Will Wade has McNeese at 20 wins this year. Just got a five-year extension from McNeese. And just got an extension as well. IU. My locker of the week. We'll get to that. Keep an eye on that one. Um, other than that, those were my big games of the week until we come back and pod next Sunday. Um, Kentucky, can they keep it within 15 points at Auburn? Honestly, you know what? That could Honestly, be Auburn uh, for people. They got smoked at Florida yesterday. Florida beat the brakes off. Kentucky's gonna go two and zero this week. It's just one of those years. I, I will. This is. That, that that Kentucky at Auburn game feels like a game where Kentucky just shows up and finds a yep, way to win. That's my point, and I said that with an eye roll. Like, no, maybe, it's not like I'm being cocky. No, maybe no, no, no. them away from home is actually. They, what they, they could need. definitely they could definitely win that game. If they're two and four in the last six, only two wins are on the road, so maybe that's what it is. That's nuts. Uh, so a lot of really good games in college basketball this week as you guys turn the tables from the NFL and football and, and go full speed into college hoops. Uh, so there's your what to watch for for the upcoming week. Let's look ahead. We're now on to our locks of the week. And as Nick mentioned in the pod earlier, his lock failed miserably. Dusty and I nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Alabama at Auburn over, and Auburn money line both hit with ease. Dusty had UAB money line over Florida Atlantic. That one won and got some cheddar cheese for a couple people that we saw on the Facebook page. And obviously, Nick. Again, the one that I thought was the easiest lock of them all, the Lobos did not show up against the running Rebs and lost at home. I hope everyone gambled responsibly on that one. I if, hope so, too. If not, then we'll request Dusty. He'll send you the bill. If more you more importantly, uh, Robbie texted Nick and I before the game and asked Nick if he wanted the money line or the spread on the New Mexico game, and Nick basically responded, I'm not a wimp. I'll go ahead and take the points. Well, lucky the New for Mexico me, lost overall. Well, lucky for me, they both lost. No, no, it wouldn't matter. Whatever yeah, you took. So yeah, there you go. I, by the way, I had... Um, Two people messaged me and asked, um, are you going to pay me back for this New Mexico pick? I which, kid you not. Which also, if, if you do say a people out there, we had two other winning bets this week. Okay, So say. two and one on yeah. the pod. So we, well, technically three and one because yeah. I had Auburn money line and Auburn Alabama over. Our, our boy Joe Steele said he won uh, I was gonna say, uh, over $100 on a $5 uh, bet. It was by great our to see Joe. You put our locks into, into place, but um, Nick's lock lost him some money. I consider myself a man of faith. As there's a deep fly ball there's to a left deep field. Fly ball. Whoa, where'd that come from? All right, let's get to our locks of the week. I will wait on mine. I'm going to let Dusty start. Dusty's lock of the yep, week I is... Kind of, yeah, I kind of flirted with it. So mine is McNeese State. Well, I think it's just McNeese It's just now. McNeese, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're at Houston, Houston Christian tomorrow night. Don't know the spread. I would guess in the 8 to 10-ish. Just yeah, so that's... I, I will preface this that, by saying the that they do don't come out. The yeah, they don't yeah. put the lines out until day of now. So basically, it's you're kind of predicting it. But we will update the lines and put we those will. out on social media on our posts. Yeah. So I'm taking as McNeese a seven three on the road this year. Houston Christians five and four at home. Ooh. Not a very good team. You're talking about college kids on the Monday after the Super Bowl. McNeese means business. Uh, will Wade just got the extension they just talked about. So I think McNeese goes in there tomorrow and just floors them. So McNeese Love is that. my lock tomorrow night. Love that lock, Nick. Your lock of the week. I, time which, by the way, you're you're on you're on watch. I am. I am. Okay. Look, but hey, uh, 
was it like fool me once, shame on you. Fool mm-hmm. me twice, whatever it is. You're, this, well, this is a zero, you're on zero tolerance policy. We, we are on zero tolerance policy. Yeah. Policy. I apologize to all the fans out there, but I got you. They guys. depend on us. Depend. I don't know if you saw that. They really depend on us for these kinds of things. Which how does this happen? Shout out to all of you that depend on us. We we, we think we're experts, but at the same time, we don't really know what we're doing in this mm-hmm. instance. But yes. Nick, yeah. please, please redeem yourself, Nick. The, the quote Hyman Roth from The Godfather, this is the business we've chosen, so that's, Correct. that's the business we are in. We, we must sit in, in it, as some would say. Hyman Roth. All right, but my, uh, what are we doing again? Lock, lock of the week. Hot take Nick coming in with his lock of the week. This one, I think, is in, I, love, I love this one. Kansas is going to win at Texas Tech tomorrow night. They, they're, really? They're, they're plus two right now. Kansas Bass... Basketball is going to be Kansas basketball at some point this year. So that, that is a hot mm-hmm. take. It's plus two. I actually have a line for you guys. Okay, because like, it's Monday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hope you're listening by Monday. Jayhawks, rock chalk. That would scare me to death. That <laughs> that line in that game. Do I look scared to you, Robbie? You were a little concerned yesterday. I think after watching Kentucky lose and New Mexico lose. So anyway, okay. So Kansas, on, Bill, so Kansas on the spread plus. So you said plus two, plus two. Okay. I, if you want to do ML, I wouldn't stop anyone. From surely doing that that. Get, that gets a you get the hook on that in two and a half. So maybe it gives you a little bit of help there. But regardless, interesting move. All right. There's um Nick's interesting lock. Move. Nick, mm-hmm. Nick, 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 yeah. uh, my lock of the week's an easy one. Uh, San Diego State. They're at home against Colorado State on Tuesday. And even though the Rams are my Mountain West team, my Mountain West San Diego State does not lose at home. They've won 17 straight home games. And it just so happens. Remember I mentioned last week about how they just do never lose after – they never lose back-to-back games? Well, they lost to Nevada this week. And guess what happens? They're going to play Colorado State on Tuesday at home after a loss. Lock it in. Aztecs, there is no way they're going to lose to Colorado State. You can do money line. You can do spread. You can tease that spread if you want to. San Diego State, lock it in. There's no way they're losing on Tuesday night to the Rams and Isaiah Stevens. Even though, Isaiah, I love you. Sorry. It's just business. It's just business. I love that pick too, Robbie. Thank you. So there's our locks of the week. couple really good ones. Um, I am eager to see. I love the McNeese one. That Kansas one, I am really like you have some proving to do over there, young fella. So you need the Jayhawks to come out and get that win. Come All on, right. Bill Self. Please. Moving in towards the tail end of our show here, it's viewer question time, and we got two questions from. We're, we're putting the spotlight on the first ladies of the pod. That happens to be the wives of Dusty Mills and myself, Robbie Donahoe. I'm here. still single, by the way. Oh, we haven't even talked well, about yeah, this. Yeah, that's that's Nick. coming up. That's one of the questions. <laughs> yes, it, that is that is one of the questions. We, is. We're going to get to that, but we're going to start with. Um, First Lady of the Pod, Haley's question. What about Detroit Mercy? When is the last time a team went completely winless? And I did a deep dive into this and found some pretty interesting things. So the last men's D1 team that went winless was back in 2012-2013 when Grambling went 0-28. Pretty terrible. I don't know if you remember, Dusty, but there was a time where we were talking about NJIT all the time, and they were like one of those team names that we used to give other teams in the Noblesville basketball camps, like uh, ITT Tech and things like that. Uh, NJIT went 0-29 in 2007-2008, so not great. In women's D1, St. Peter's is the most recent team that went winless. They went 0-30 in 2022-23, so haha, suck it, Peacock. Take that. Yeah. Um, by the way, it's a team that beat both Kentucky and Purdue yeah. a couple years ago. And then, but the team that definitely takes the cake for winless teams, that would be Centenary. 
Uh, the women's basketball team at Centenary has gone through some really rough years. They were in Division One from '99 to 2001. They went back to back years where they did not win a game. Oh my gosh. They went 0 and 55 in two years. Weren't they in the SEC at one point? Way back in the day, I yeah, think. like yeah. a long, a did long not know time ago. So those winless team, those winless teams in D1 made the the uh, athletic department at Centenary kind of realize we probably need to take a step down. We need to change things. So they went to D3. And, and from 2013 to 2015, they went 0 and 48. <laughs> so two years in a row, they went 0 and 24. They so skipped D2, so we're just going straight we're to the bottom. We're just going straight down to D3. <laughs> we don't want to mess with D2, and it has not gone well for Centenary. So there are those winless teams. I, I'm pretty confident that Detroit Mercy is going to beat IUPUI. Same. Uh, we didn't put that in our lock of the week, but I thought about it. Um, and then we have Mississippi. Honestly, I think Detroit Mercy wins this year. I think Mississippi Valley State could be in trouble. They're they're not. I've watched them. They're not good. And for people who don't know, I can't even mention it, but Mike Davis is a coach at Detroit Mercy. He sure is. Who's your fans out there? He sure is indeed. Don't bring him back, just cream. Um, <laughs> I, I have a funny thing to talk about the winless team. So there are eight all-time D1 winless teams. Starting in 1917-18, it was Dartmouth. So it's Dartmouth, William & Mary, Baylor, the Citadel, Prairie View, Savannah State, NJIT, and Grambling. Nice. The funny thing when I was researching this is there's an article written on by CBS Sports is Matt Norlander. And when Grambling went winless, he decided to put at the end of the article, we were talking last week about why I love the small conferences because every team has a chance essentially to win it. Yeah. And he literally put at the end, well, Grambling could go into the conference tournament this week and win all four games and still make the NCAA tournament. <laughs> so there's a perfect example. I believe they went 0-27. But – when they were 0 and 26, they could have gone 10 and 26 and won the yeah, national they championship. Could've. They absolutely could it's have. It's the best. <laughs> it actually probably be 11 and 26. It probably be the playing game too. Oh, correct. Oh, that's yeah. good yeah. point. Yeah. Great point, Nick. So we we certainly hope that both Detroit Mercy and Mississippi well, Valley State get like, wins. NJIT and Grambling all seem like kind of like you know like either new or just always bad like Detroit Mercy's had success I was say, like years. Detroit Mercy has the second highest score in men's college basketball God, history yeah oh that's no that's another thing too I was looking at Mike Antoine Davis, Davis Jr.'s bio again because I was showing a friend at the wedding how they were winless and we were talking about Mike Davis and if you go look at Detroit Mercy's website Mike Davis Jr. where it talks about coaching under his dad it also talks about him being part of the resurgence of Detroit basketball oh no <laughs> Which, by the way, since we've potted the Detroit Pistons, yeah, they have. They are getting going, and it's all because yeah, the, of one, the wrong Detroit team got the message. The wrong Detroit team got. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Uh, Jaden Ivey has been balling for the Pistons. So is Cade Cunningham. Um, so they're, they're like a game behind the Wizards now. They're catching up. They're flying up the boards they're quickly. Up the boards. Can you believe it? All right. Uh, question number two, and now we are going to turn this personal. We thank, were t- thank you, Haley, by the way, for by that By the way, question. thank you, Haley, for that wonderful question. She has definitely Wait, become she, a Detroit Mercy fan. Can she fans. hear us? Thank you, Haley. She, she, she can hear us. So that's my wife, and she did ask me the other day. I've known her. I was talking about college basketball, and she said with a sad tone or voice, she goes, did, did Detroit win yesterday? Aww. <laughs> so that's how what spurred that question. I love that. That's great. All right, question number two. This What's is up? from my wife, Kelly, and this is for Nick. We were told in episode one that we'd get a weekly update of Nick's dating status, and we need that established. So, Nick, hmm. how are things going? Still single? Well, as was changed from this Sunday, the last Sunday is nothing. Still nothing. single. Okay. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually go to Hooters. Here's the fun thing about Hooters on Valentine's Day. If you bring a, a picture of your ex, they'll shred it, and you get free wings. 
That's Are you real, serious? That's a real thing Hooters does. Dead. Did I, you did you know this? I did. I am completely serious when I say that to people. So if you're bored on at least the one in Castleton, Indiana. Yeah. That is oh, the true. one in Lexington did too. Not that one though. How many free wings do you get? Like this, this day, like ten. ten? Yeah. Robbie's about uh-huh. to shred his wedding picture for wings on Wednesday. No, 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 no. Your ex, not not my current wife. I would never do that. She's well, they aren't exactly the person in the PIs world. over there. You can pretty much put. Any, you can probably give them a picture. That's a good of point. Mary Todd Lincoln. They'd probably give you free wings for it. So, <laughs> of, hold on. Of all the random women that you could have know. picked, you picked Mary Todd Lincoln I'll as just, your. I was trying to think of the funniest there. name I could think of. Mary. That's Todd pretty Lincoln. funny. You you got it. You nailed it. Um, uh, so far so as still single. Yeah, and then last Saturday night, so I left this morning at seven a.m. Mm-hmm. and all my buddies stayed out, and they had a, uh, they met women yeah. last night. I did not, so that shows you how. Are you scared? With his what? Are you scared? Far from it, sir. Well, then what's the what's the problem? You, okay, awesome. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pump you up a little bit. I don't here. like this. You, no, no, you're a good looking guy. Thanks. You have great personality. Thanks. Great sense of humor. Thanks. Stop stop interrupting me. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Hyman Roth. I from the. Remember that picture that I sent from you in St. Louis at the at the SEC tournament? That Nick obviously has no chance with women, but this Nick should. So I don't understand why. I don't get it. Can we talk about the Miak or something? No, I can't. I don't understand. Go find a lovely lady. There's someone lucky out there that's that's out there for you. Uh, email the show. Tweet email us. the show yeah. at d1anddonepod at gmail.com. I am open for business if any lady wants to. We have women that listen to this pod. I'm talking to you, Kelly. She's taken. You can't have her. Also, uh, fellas, don't be too cool for Valentine's Day. It's an easy excuse to go buy flowers or write a note. Wake up oh, that yeah. morning and write, write a note to the girl that you either have crush on or that you're dating or you're married to. Like, Don't, Thanks, don't be too cool for it. Literally, you only live once. Go, 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 go have fun. Go do something. Be, be proactive. I'm trying, Kelly. That's all I'm saying. Do you guys have any big You, you literally watch Kentucky. You should be on. You know how to play offense. <laughs> be on the offense. You're not defending anything. Go get someone. Maybe that's what's the problem. Maybe I'm too focused on Calipari, not going to pick and roll. That I can't focus on the <laughs> on the ladies in my life. Surely there is a lady out there that's concerned about the pick and roll defense of Kentucky basketball. If you are, please let me know. If, if, if there it, is, especially if you have a fix, I'll let, like to hear that too. That too, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. So there's your viewer questions. Please make sure you get your questions in. It's d one and done pod at gmail.com. You can also find us find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere that you may find your podcast or the show in general. All right, Dusty, I'm turning this over as we gather around the campfire and listen to another great story from Dusty's time playing college basketball as we wrap up episode two. Dusty, I want to hear a great story that you may have from your playing. I have one more thing after he's done. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's all I want to ask. Mine will be quick. So the story I thought of today was so the rec center. Um, Kentucky's camp is called the Johnson Center. I assume it's still called that. At least when I was there, it still was. So when Gillespie coached us, obviously one rule that most coaches have is you're not allowed to do anything outside of actual practice in terms of playing basketball. Right. Well, everyone hated our practices. It wasn't fun. He made basketball not fun. And so we one night, uh, we decided to go to the Johnson Center and play open gym. So the five of us, it was me, uh, the late Kerry Benson, RIP, who was one of my good friends. He unfortunately died in a car accident uh, probably eight or nine years ago. More Kenya Williams, AJ Stewart, and Perry Stevenson. So the five of us went and played at the. But let me preface this as well. Those aren't just like five like pushovers. Those are like you mm-hmm. guys. Those are some legitimate 
men's basketball yeah, players. Yeah, I mean, if you take me, I mean, Carey was 6'6", Morquino was 7'2", AJ was, I think he's 6'9", and Perry's, what, 6'10", 6'11". Yeah, he was like a three-year starter at Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say. Yeah. So the, these are legit. I mean, when we walked in, obviously, everyone walked around. So it was pretty cool. There's uh, four courts, I believe, at the Johnson Center at the time. And when we walked in, um, literally, they they – almost like Rucker Park. It was everyone just walked over, like all the other three courts quit playing, and they came and watched us. And we played probably six or seven games, and as you can imagine, just smoked everyone. Yeah. And that was one of the few times where people actually got to see, like I actually was really good at basketball. And obviously I played point guard with the five of us when we were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's back when, I mean, that was one of the first times I like pulled it from a half court and just drained a three. And that's when you get good and people are like, okay, this isn't some bum story. Like this guy actually knows how to hoop. Mm-hmm. The worst part about though is at one point I went into the paint, uh, went for a layup and landed on a kid's ankle, probably the worst ankle sprain of my life. Um, it was so bad that um, I li- my dorm, because they all lived at the Wildcat Lodge, my dorm was right next to the Johnson Center. Morquino had to carry me, um, like as a child, to my dorm. I could put <laughs> no weight on my ankle at all. Like, like literally just putting my little toe on the ground, screaming in pain. So we get there, and my roommate, Kyle, at the time, um, who, again, was living his fancy because I was bringing all the players to our dorm all the time. Yeah. So he was a great roommate to me. And the problem was I had practice at 10 o'clock the next morning or 1 in the afternoon, whatever it was. I had practice the next day. And obviously, I couldn't walk and be like, hey, I sprained my ankle playing at the Johnson Center. So all night, Kyle is running from – we lived in a – our dorm was 21 stories tall. We were on the 11th floor. And he was going up and down to the basement all night, refilling ice for me. To make sure that I was like icing my ankle all night. Um, drove me to practice the next day. Um, and I could not, like I literally was hopping on one foot to get to the training room. And I told our trainer, his name was Eric Greg. And I was like, Eric, I effed up yesterday. I cannot walk. You have to get my ankle like in playing form. He like quadruple wrapped my ankle. It was my right ankle. I, literally, I can feel my ankle pulsing as I remember the story. <laughs> and I went full Went through a full three and a half hour division one practice on that ankle. Got done afterwards. Went to Eric. He helped me with stuff, unwrapped it, and the thing was literally the size of like my shoulder. It was huge. Did you ever think about like as practice started? This like, always like trying to like fake an injury as you were going through the practice uh, no, to get no, away that's with actually it. Great. Yeah, right. I did I never, not. I always asked. That would have been my first thought. No. Be like, okay, okay I, gotta, I gotta hide this somehow. I, I think five minutes in, you're like, ah, so, yeah. Yeah. oh no, my ankle. No, mm-hmm. I, I maybe it was too. I think I was just afraid at the moment because I think of myself as pretty creative and prideful and just smart and to think about right. schemes that I did not even think about that. You well, just you just let your toughness just take well, over. And you're just it, like, I, I got to make sure I get through this. Well, Robbie, maybe that's why he played D1 and we didn't. That's he, exactly he was the reason why. You and me would be like, ah, I would have found a reason. Like, done. okay, what, what can I do to make this <laughs> believable that I really just didn't get hurt? Right. It's like Nick and I always joke about how we talk about like war back in the day, how they would you know, all run at each other with the swords and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Nick and I would be like, oh, oh just, just twist uh, my ankle. Ah. You, you guys go ahead. We'll catch up. Ah. I'll catch up with that. I'm just going to sit down right here. So Great story. The cool part of the story for me is the playing on a full-blown, probably third-degree sprain. But it was so cool the night before having all these students just wrapped around the gym and not even play. Like, people were standing there holding their basketball because they're like, okay, we can't play right now. we got to go watch these guys. And that was, the, that was one of those times where as a – bad way to phrase it, a normal college student watching how talented these guys actually are. Yeah. 
I mean, we were, you play games at 15, every game was like 15 to one, 15 nothing. And it was just so much fun. That's when, when people have the conversation of if you get 10 minutes and go play an NBA game, how can you, how many points can you score? That anyone who thinks zero. they can score an NBA game, you guys are idiots. I'm scoring zero points. Now, there's a chance that you just stick me into a corner and you just leave me there and I can somehow get up a couple shots and if maybe score. If anyone gives a lick of a damn about it, exactly. you're not, you're not score. scoring. That's what's my thing. Like, if they're trying not to let you score, you will not score. It like, will not like, happen. If they lose you on a. Yeah, uh, or, or, or yeah, like a like half court shot and hit it. Yeah, but yeah. if you if they want to stop you, you're not going to score a damn point. I agree. The worst one that that Philadelphia reporter one time said he could luck into a home run in MLB. That one, okay, that's, that's the, the most. Worst. There is no way. No, luck into no. a 96 mile power fastball. Yeah, you have a better chance. Of, you have a better chance of scoring in an NBA game than you do hitting a home yes. run. There's like no way. Absolutely, I, I'd be shocked if you get contact on the ball. Foul tippy. Uh, I'm dropping a button just trying to get some. <laughs> I'd be scared of buying. I, I mean, just those that ball comes so fast and people understand it. Ninety six. Do you ever when you see people who have like, oh, he has a grade two ankle sprain, and you're like, I, I played a whole three hour practice on this. Oh, this isn't a big deal. Do you ever do you ever see that and you're like, okay, toughen up. I, I did this in college. Back in my no, day. actually, yeah. I'm back I'm, in my I'm day. I'm actually gonna be pretty conceited when I say this. The the part that I actually get kind of like eye roll at um, is when people off at like Steph Curry hand amazing shots and I'm like I was doing that all the time <laughs> I just obviously wasn't on a national landscape like I but I mean I would go hoop and just pull from everywhere all the time so him what he does does not surprise me at all especially when it's your job and you're getting paid to do millions right I guess the injury part it's hard to really make a connection to that because you don't re- everyone handles pain differently sure so yes, I think it's the side of pain. Yeah. And I'm, I'm <laughs> done. If, if, if the importance of the situation. Yeah. I mean, if it's like you're dinged up, it's like, okay, well, at least rest this game and go play. I mean, it's like, well, Wagner's dealing with that Kentucky. We don't really know how much pain he's in. Or, mm-hmm. um, but it's like, okay, we'll rest this game and be ready for the next one. And so, no, I've never really looked at an injury and be like, okay, you can play through that because we just don't know. Right. That's fair. All right, that does it for episode two of the D1 and Done pod. Real quick. So yes. Super Bowl picks. Oh, yeah, yeah Super Bowl picks. Sorry. Um, you obviously will be listening to this after the Super right. Bowl, so we're basically <laughs> making picks that you already know about. Um, it's no one's locker of the week? No. I will say, I think Purdy and Mahomes both go over their rushing yard numbers Ooh. that they have. I think Purdy's 11 and a half, and Mahomes is 25 and a half, maybe. I love those. I think they both go over Especially their rushing the yards. Especially the Purdy one. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to mention my, my 14 parlay I hit in college basketball yesterday. Uh, we can skip past no, that. No, 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 no. We, we need to talk about this. All right, but while this, you guys are doing this, okay, last couple minutes of it, we'll talk betting, which, by the way, as always, please bet responsibly. Mm-hmm. But tonight, who's winning the Super Bowl? Um, I'm going to say Chiefs can't really pick against Mahomes at this point. Um, my wife is happy that there's a Nickelodeon broadcast tonight, so feel free to tune in that um, for the Puppy Bowl. Um, I'm oh, excited g- about the Puppy Bowl? Yeah. Oh, did it get canceled? No, I said I'm excited oh, about the Puppy sad Bowl. about the Puppy no, Bowl. No, I'm excited about Which the Puppy reminder, Bowl. Which reminder, this weekend is the birthdays of both Disney and Milo. Woof, woof. So with woof, that woof. said, my Super Bowl pick will be 24-16 Chiefs. And the Dolphins, I think, are playing the Chargers like in some random mm-hmm. arena. So go Dolphins. Ninth nice. place game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Nick? So I was, went to Kentucky again this weekend and was around a bunch of Patriots. I, all my buddies from Boston, for some reason, my Kentucky buddies, how weird is that? So they're all Patriots fans. It re- reinforced. Like, I, why, I, why are people from Boston going to Kentucky? Know, isn't that so random? There's That's a ton odd. of them in my fraternity. Irregardless, all I heard about was the Brady and Belichick and all that the whole weekend. I was like... Oh I need the Chiefs to win to knock them off. So I think the Chiefs are now they're inevitable. 
even when their offense isn't working, their defense is just good now. Mm-hmm. I love a low scoring game. I think it's twenty thirteen Chiefs. Low scoring. Mm-hmm. Okay. The under. I, I'm I'm going higher scoring. I think the defenses aren't going to be. I mean, maybe early on the defense has set the tone, but I was hovering on 35-31 okay, Chiefs. I think we're going to get weird. Um, my my bets for for the Super Bowl, um, I've got a four a four leg parlay. I've got Pacheco McCaffrey anytime touchdown scores, and then as I mentioned, Brock Purdy over twelve and a half rushing yards, Mahomes over twenty five and a half rushing yards. So I'm hoping both of those hit. But my fourteen college basketball parlay that I hit over the weekend. Uh, Alabama LSU over 165 points. They got to 200 points, I think. They almost got to 165 by themselves. Yeah, they almost did. <laughs> UConn minus 16 and a half was easy money over Georgetown. Creighton minus one and a half was easy money over Xavier. And then South Carolina, I had minus 11 and a half. They were down at halftime and went on a crazy run and ended up winning by 415, I think. So it's been so beautiful. Not, Vandy. A, bad, not a bad little parlay. Yeah, Vandy's so bad. Gosh. So bad. Are, are we? Yeah. Is Jerry Stackhouse going to be at Vanderbilt next year? Are, are we? This is year five. I don't know how you bring him back. Is gone and only worse. It's not going to get any better. I don't no. think. Yeah, I mean, his biggest claim is having Pippen's son, and he's gone obviously in in the NBA now. So I don't understand. So how if he we're, is. if you're going to bring Tom Crean back to IU, bring Riley LeChance back to Vanderbilt. Yes. I don't know yes. what he's doing right now. I don't even know if he can coach, but I don't really care. <laughs> Bring back Riley LaChance to Vanderbilt. Do it now. Great call. Right. Absolutely. Real quick, he's 67-86 at Vanderbilt. 19 games are 500. And five speaking years. of bringing Bandy okay. people back, who is their uh, longtime head coach? Kevin Stallings. Stallings. I once saw on an elevator at the SEC tournament after a loss, and Lily was like ripping his toupee off on the elevator. Shout out, Kevin. He's a toupee? I what well, hair was coming off. I can tell you that much. Wow. Brian Mills can attest to this. Good to know. Does Bill Self have a toupee? That's what I've heard he does. Okay. Apparently, there's certain pictures you can like t- like tell very. That's a, it. It felt like he did. All right, that does it. There's your Super Bowl picks. We hope you enjoy the game tonight. We hope you enjoy the games going forward. Nick Mills, Dusty Mills, Robbie Donahoe, Episode Two, D One and Done Pod in the books. We will see you next Sunday for Episode Three. The trilogy ends on a high note. And hopefully Nick doesn't lose it on his lock of the week. Let's hope not. Happy birthday, Milo. I'm a man of faith. He's a man of faith. See you guys next Sunday.